You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. This week's episode, we will be discussing the Twilight Saga. We know you've all been waiting for this episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is... I'm so... I, we're so excited for this. You guys don't even know. Like, you... <laughs> We had to put this episode on hold because Chelsea moved from another country. Like, it was so disappointed that we had to wait so long. I know, because basically the reason why we're doing this now and, like, we were shocked that we hadn't done it sooner is because we both unexpectedly had a Twilight Marathon, like, at the same time. And we didn't even know it, like... You had messaged me like, oh, doing a marathon with my sister. And I was like, I'm doing a marathon with Eamon tomorrow. How dare you? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it was really funny. I was because my sister, my sister was home for like a week. Right. Um, my little sister. And we were just like sitting around watching TV. It was like me and my both of my sisters. And Michelle was like, can we watch Twilight? Laura, go get your Twilight movies. And then we ended up we skipped the first one. Because yeah. we, that's the one we've seen the most and started at New Moon and then watched all of the rest of them. But, like, it took so long that it ended up happening where, like, the rest of the family ended up watching the rest of the movies with us. And, like, <laughs> yes. my brother's never seen them. And he was just, like, he didn't watch the last. He's like, why are you watching this? And I'm like, why not? Why not, indeed. <laughs> um, so Eamon had never seen anything past the first one mm-hmm. so he had and he's never read any of the books i mean he went into this like totally blind and so it was very f- i i hadn't even seen past the third one so for me it was kind of fun as well because i hadn't i hadn't seen the last two. Oh boy i bet that yeah. was a thrill ride for you it was because like right because like right in the middle of these movies was when I like went from loving Twilight to not loving Twilight. (laughs) 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 So that's kind of why I haven't seen the last few. Um, my God. It's very interesting. Like we'll get, we'll get deeper into this, like as we go on, but there's so much to talk about. We're so excited. If you straight up like hate Twilight and you don't like hating on Twilight, you probably won't like this episode because like, it's not that we love, love, love this franchise, like unironically, but like we, like there's definitely parts I think that we're both going to be like, yeah, I like this. I don't like that. Let's, you know, crap on this part. Let's. (laughs) I, I can appreciate it still. Like I was hardcore in Twilight. Like I went to book release uh, midnight Same. show like midnight book releases midnight movie showings like I was deep in this but it was like a whole family thing because it was like me my sisters and my mom like yeah. it was a thing that we like shared together and then like we'll get there but there's like a whole portion of my adult life that is connected to this freaking franchise that's just frustrating when you think about it but also really weird <laughs> 
Exactly. So if you also like have an undying love for Twilight, I'm sorry. We may should we may crap on some parts that are your favorites, but sorry. <laughs> I don't want any text messages from you, Karen. I swear to God. <laughs> just saying i know she's gonna text me i know you're gonna text me she's literally gonna see that this that we're doing this episode and be like why i know (laughs) i love you karen you know what sometimes it's just like there's there's so many thoughts and feelings about this franchise like how could you not do an episode on it, I, you know? I feel like we're sort of obligated because we're a pop culture podcast, and this was literally a huge pop culture moment. It would oh, be like 100%. us never covering Mean Girls, which we haven't covered yet, by the way. We'll get there. But, like, it's it's like we a- We haven't? I don't think we have. I think we did. Did we do an episode? Recently. I don't even know anymore. I've got three I podcasts. Think, I get them. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I think on the episode we said, why haven't we done this yet? I'm surprised we haven't done I swear to God, Katie, it was not that long ago. No, really? I like how look. we're arguing about what we have and haven't done because we can't yep. remember. O- October 2019. Okay, so we did do it. Jeez. That was like, oh my God. Wow. All right. Well, I'll, I'll leave. This is tea time with Chelsea now. See you later. I was, I was gonna- I was going to say, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) It's been three years or something since we started this. Like, I can't even deal. To be fair, now that now that we do two podcasts, like like let alone like you do three, but like this just us two having the two, we both keep forgetting like who hosted last week. Okay, what did we do? Um, What did we plan? who's doing what like we constantly are getting tripped up so that it it's not surprising that also i write all the show notes now and i had to write these i have to write these show notes in third person which is really funny <laughs> because the next line is like you can read it but before we get into that katie what have you been up to <laughs> is that one yeah i wrote that <laughs> uh, that's how today's gonna go i feel like it is funny because like just like with quarantine like I'm not working at the minute and Katie is working still full time so we kind of like made a deal that if Katie does the show notes I do all the editing just to kind of I I think it's like a bit more balanced in terms of like our schedules I mean it may may not it you know once again planning the podcast on the podcast (laughs) can't go off brand okay whatever um but yeah so it is funny sometimes uh i'll read i'll read the notes and be like reading them for the first time <laughs> i'm like oh but you can also clearly tell it was me writing it because we write differently so you can tell yeah yeah definitely anyways um behind but, the but scenes for real katie <laughs> <laughs> listen i've been gone for from this podcast for like what a month <laughs> Hey, you know, at the end of the day, we don't need Rob to derail this podcast. I can do it by myself. <laughs> it's just us. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Thank, thank you, Rob, by the way, for covering for me for the last episode. Everyone loves a, a Rob episode. so Oh, my God. Yeah. Very excited to have him on. Um, awesome. So once again, I'll read what you wrote for me, Katie. 
But before we get into that, Katie, what have you been up to this week? Oh my god. Um, I have been working a lot. Like, a lot. Like, too much. It's... I am more busy working from home under stay-at-home orders than I was working when I was in the office. I don't get how this <laughs> works, but that's just what it is. And, like, I... I don't even know anymore. Like, I've been working so much because, like, there are two QA people who work at my company, right? Me and then another person. And he has a lot of stuff to do, too. But, like, his number of projects are way less than mine. So I end up working on, like, I'm working on so many projects that there's, like, stuff comes up all the time. Like, I had to do, like, two hot fixes and then fix something while somebody was, like, getting upset over something else. And I'm like, look, it's been a problem for months. So I don't know if you can just wait a couple of more days. Like, two more days ain't gonna ba- bother if it's been a problem for two years. Like, it's... Exactly. <laughs> Yo. Oh, God. Um... So, yeah, that's where I'm at um, with that. Just a lot of work. Um, Also, I've been listening to Day 6 a lot because we've been doing these, like, deep dive episodes on our other podcast talking about Day 6. And because I've been relating so hard to their latest album, I just have that on repeat, like, every single day since May. It's just what my life is. I shared that song with one of my coworkers, the English version of Zombie. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is my anthem for, like since last month and he was like dang this is so different from what i've been listening to but also this song is really good and also really sad and i was like yep (laughs) you're like yep you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) ride this train with me yeah (laughs) welcome welcome to my life but yeah um i've also been just watching korean dramas like crazy just because I don't know, because they're really easy to get into, and they're only 16 episodes long most of the time, and it's a one-and-done kind of deal, like, 90% of the time. That's what I love about K-dramas. Yeah, so I finished uh, one that's on the Viki app called Forest. It was, there were half-hour episodes, so there was 32 half-hour episodes, which was basically 16 one-hour episodes, like. Yeah, makes sense. Anyways, I watched that one because the lead actor for that one was in Cheese in the Trap, and you know how I am with watching multiple. Oh, the the main guy? Yeah, he was in Forest. Oh, okay, cool. I'll have to check it out. It was really good. I really liked it a lot, and it was funny, and it was just really, really good, and his character is much different from the character that he plays in. Actually, you know what? That's a lie. Because he plays, like, a businessman that does some cunning business things, sort of, like, but not anywhere near as evil as he was in Cheese in the Trap. I still like Cheese in the Trap, but our protagonist in that one is not so great. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so I wrapped up that one, and then I started watching The King Eternal Monarch, which is on Netflix, which is, there's two more episodes left to be posted, and I'm about halfway done with the show. I'm trying not to go too fast, because I don't want to end up having to wait, is basically what it is. Yeah. Um, But this one has, the lead actor is Lee Minot, who was in uh, Boys Over Flowers, so I think this is the first drama he's done since he got back from his military service. And I didn't realize how much I missed him until I started watching this show. And it's really good. It's very sci-fi-y, too. Ooh, I'm very excited. Yeah, and the lead actress in it is the lead actress from Cheese in the Trap, which is also part of why I watched this one. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Also, there's spoilers everywhere, and I'm trying so hard not to see them. I know. I haven't been on TikTok much lately because of that. Oh, my God. There's spoilers on TikTok everywhere. But, yeah, my mom really likes this one, although we watched, like, an episode yesterday, and my mom's like, what is going on? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm watching this as well. (laughs) I'm also watching this. I have no clue what's happening. It's because they keep doing, like, jumps between things and time and you're just like where are we when are we who what where when why but then you're like Limino, the king yes <laughs> priorities um mm-hmm. i also watched the la 92 documentary about the la riots that occurred after the rodney king trial Um, But the LA-92 documentary was very interesting because all it did was really show um, footage from the riot that was not shown on the news. And it is both terrifying, relevant, and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. Um, it was very well done, and I highly recommend watching it if you want to watch a documentary about L.A. riots from 1992. I was a lot... You were just born, I think, possibly. Yeah, I, I was just born, yeah. But I have seen... Yes. Maybe not this documentary, mm-hmm. but I have seen a documentary on this uh, in one of my criminology classes. It's one of those things where you know what happened. You heard about it. You learned about it in school and like different things like that. But like you didn't know. Yeah. Like no, anything. Definitely. And I it's extremely relevant to right now. And mm-hmm. it's upsetting in a way of, like, this same thing happened in 1992 and you didn't see anything change between then and now. And it's, like, frustrating. So I get it. Um, but that's where I'm going to end this. We're going to move on from that. Um, I've been prepping for Disney Forever because that's just, <laughs> just Disney movies. And I specifically asked uh, Void if we could do prom. Oh, my God. I love it. I know. I was like... <laughs> Because we're doing this run of where we're talking about um, the animated films from the 1940s, which is very just like, like, we're trying to just get through it is what we're doing. So we do Mm -hmm. a movie from the 1940s and then we have like a more modern, like one that we really like to sort of like as a reward for having to suffer through a 1940s film, (laughs) if that makes sense. Now... I'm saying suffer as in it's not that the movies are bad. It's just more that like a lot of the films from the 1940s did not age well. Like, yeah, they have cultural depictions of the time reflected in the films, which is very clear in like movies like Dumbo and Bambi and some of the other films. And let me tell you, watching Fantasia was the hardest thing I've had to do. That is not a movie you sit down and just watch. No. Like, you can't do it. It's it's so hard. It is a background movie. Like, I don't know how people sat in a movie theater for two and a half hours and watched this film. I don't know either. I watched it once as a kid and never picked it up ever again. Um, I think that episode comes out on Thursday. Is it already out? It might already be out. I could be lying. I have no idea. It could be out. I think it comes out this coming Thursday if you want to hear what Void and I have to say about it. We did Pirates of the Caribbean as like the movie that went with it. So, Mm, uh, yeah, the Curse of the Black Pearl. Like, nice. (laughs) Which 
I hadn't watched that movie in a long time, and it was just as good as it was oh. when I saw it in theaters. Um, nice. This is also that is also probably the movie I've seen the most in theaters ever. I think I went and saw it like five or six times while it was in theaters. Oh wow! I don't know why I loved Pirates of the Caribbean so much. It was just so so good. Well, you and everyone else. I mean, that that was also a franchise that went on. Six movies. <laughs> it's like the Fast and yeah. the Furious franchise. It never dies. Exactly. Nobody come at me about the Fast and the Furious franchise. I think Beige is the one who really likes that franchise. Some people are very passionate about it. I liked... I've seen the f- first four yeah. of seven Ema and I like to make jokes about it, but I haven't seen it. Rip to Paul Walker. Miss you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, moving on from that. Chelsea, what about you? What have you been doing, girl? Well, other than flying across the country or across the world and moving and moving from one place to another. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's kind of been obviously the majority of what I've been doing. Um, I went to my dad's and had two weeks in a camper van quarantining. This weekend is the first weekend I've been out of like proper quarantine if that makes sense like because obviously like with flying they recommend that for 14 days that you stay secluded and don't you know go out um so that was weird (laughs) i say weird just because like i was in a camper van and not like a house you know and it's not it just didn't feel like oh we're just staying home for the foreseeable future Um, and then plus like, it's always different living with like my dad who I never have lived with for like a long extended time. Yeah. Um, but now I'm back with my mom and I'm in my new room and I've got it, like, I got to figure all that out and got to figure out my routine again. And it's very, very interesting. But yeah, so other than dealing with that, I've been watching a lot of stuff because what else am I going to do? Um. So we watched uh, McMillions, which is an HBO documentary about the Monopoly McDonald's scams that happened in like early or late 90s, early 2000s. So basically the guy who worked for the market, like he was like security of the marketing company for the people that did the Monopoly game for McDonald's was basically like handing them out to whoever he wanted, but like also making a profit from it. And like, there's obviously a lot more to it, so I'm not really spoiling it. Like there's so much to this whole scheme. Yeah. He basically was like rigging the game for himself. How Scorsese hasn't done this already. Like it's a total like mobster, like, story that's ridiculous the audacity how dare you (laughs) but it's very very interesting the documentary is very good um i also watched the movie called the aeronauts which is eddie redmayne and felicity jones reunited for uh another movie yeah i love those two together i think they work really well together i think they have a lot of really good chemistry um, I liked them a lot in the theory of everything, so I that's why I watched this. And this 
was also based on a true story about, I think they're both English. Yeah, I think they're both English. Um, pair that went up in a hot air balloon and they went the highest that anyone had ever gone at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, it was kind of done in the style of like gravity where like majority of the movie is them on this hot air balloon. Interesting. And it's, it's filmed gorgeously. It's an Amazon prime original if you want to watch it, but like this 100% would have been a perfect movie to see at the theaters. And I'm curious if anyone listening has seen it because it's gorgeous. It's so like you're up in the sky and like the view and everything about it was just so pretty. Um, and Felicity Jones was just, like her character was just such a freaking like kick like I don't know, keep wanting to say words that I can't say. <laughs> she a very strong, wo- determined woman. Let's just say that. Nice. Um, another movie I watched, which is also an Amazon Prime original, um, was Troop Zero, and it was about this like misfit Girl Scout troop and they're basically all the girls in town that like typically wouldn't be in that sort of thing and like they were very much kind of told like oh you're not proper enough to be like you know one of these troops Mm -hmm. and they were like so we want we want to have fun and do what we want and like they really wanted to like Go, they wanted to win the prize at the Jamboree to be able to like record their voices to go into space. That was what was like their whole thing. And it was just so cute to see all these kids that are like just total misfits like come together and like learn and grow and accept each other. And they're like real young. I mean, like the actors are all probably like 10 years old. They did a really good job. And um, Viola Davis is in it as well. Allison Janney, Jim Gafferty. It's got a really good cast. This reminds me of, I remember seeing the trailers for it. So like I've seen a bunch of trailers and stuff for Troop Zero. And it 100% Mm -hmm. reminds me of like the opposite end of the spectrum for Troop Beverly Hills. Because like, have you ever seen Troop Beverly Hills? No, but I can only imagine. Okay, because it's like, it's like the same general, like, thing, except that for Troop Beverly Hills, there are, like, the daughters of all of these, like, super rich, wealthy, like, families, and mm-hmm. this is, like, the total opposite of that. 100%, yeah. So, it just, it cracks me up, because they kept telling them, they're like, oh, you're too good to be, like, it's the opposite, like, oh, you can't mm. be a troop or whatever, like, this is ridiculous, you're not gonna be able to earn your badges, like, it's, we should do an episode on on like comparing and contrasting maybe these two would be a really that good would be one fantastic that would be fantastic yeah. also yeah. i just really want you to watch true beverly hills because it's so funny yeah <laughs> and i want you to watch this because it has an ending that is very like not the end end ending but like the climax bit of the ending it's very strange okay but like it's sweet it's just like you're going Oh my god, I did not expect this. To All right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Um I also decided to watch Hail Caesar because I hadn't seen it and I had time and it looked like fun. Also a movie that didn't end the way I thought it. It just kind of like ends. It just kind of ends and you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> oh my god. But it's very good. Ema and I happened to be on the Warner Brothers lot when they were filming this movie. You know the um the courthouse yeah. uh thing, the courthouse building? 
it was all done up the way that it was in that movie in real life and it's gorgeous oh my god Mm -hmm. cool with all the with all the gold and everything um and then this like yesterday and the day before i watched with my mom uh sweet magnolias which is a netflix original series i thought it was a movie it's not it's a show (laughs) but it's so good wholesome cute show that's about it that was actually a lot for me (laughs) that's really funny but anyways, don't forget to head over to geek2geekmedia.com to check out the latest episodes of the Geek2Geek podcast, Geektitude, Disney Forever, Dragon Quest FM, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, and Sometimes Rob with Rob. And don't forget to subscribe to Capsule J and Troidal Power's Twitch streams so you don't miss when they stream their favorite games and talk about nerd stuff. Keep listening now to hear our new promo for the whole network. When toxic culture has you down... When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies! K-pop! Disney Plus! Keanu! Keanu Reeves! New! Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we're back. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, we will be talking about the Twilight Saga. Um, We kind of already talked about the reason why we're covering this. Uh, So you have written down in the notes here, possible story time with Katie. Is there a story that you'd like to tell? Is it the roundabout way of how this franchise is like a huge bit of your life? Yeah. Go for it, girl. Okay. So... Everybody pull up a pull up a seat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, so the reason that I had meant I mentioned a little bit of this at the top of the show, where like uh, that somehow Twilight has played like a major role in my adult life in a weird roundabout sort of way. Okay, so obviously like Twilight started um, right like right like the first the book- movies I think was twenty. 20- 2008 yeah so like the first book came out at the end of my like in my high like my senior year of high school and then like the first movie right came out in 2008 and i was working at disneyland at the time and i had these two friends that found out about this like band and they were like really excited about it so i went with them to a concert and the band was called the 100 monkeys and one of the members of the band was Jackson Rathbone, who plays Jasper Hale in Twilight. Okay? Yes. Through these concerts that I attended, and there were a lot, there were times where I was going to these concerts once or twice every weekend for like a month straight and we're talking about the time that i worked at disneyland so like we're saying like i opened the park worked from like 6 a.m to whatever eight hours like after that then i'd go home and change if i went home 
And then I would meet my friends, go to a concert, stay out till two or three in the morning, come home, go to sleep for two hours, get up, go back to work, and then do the same thing over the next day. Like, I was exhausted. This is why I can't concert late at night. Or, like, this is why I get really tired because I did all this in my 20s. Okay? Yes. Anyways, I digress. But... Through these concerts of seeing Jackson Rathbone, I met Karen and Maria. And through Karen and Maria, I met Tiffany and Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Also, I met the person who's no longer, who's no longer a friend of mine. Her name is Rachel. Um, I met her and through her, I met Brian, who I've talked to a lot, talked about a lot. Brian helped me get my job that I currently have. And Chelsea and I are besties. Like, obviously, like, this podcast came out of that. So in a roundabout way, I owe both my friendship with Chelsea, my job, and various other things in my life to Jackson Rathbone from Twilight. (laughs) Um, I told him this story. Okay. So a couple years ago, he was at, it was for the 10-year anniversary of Twilight, right? Um, so 2018, I believe. Yeah, it should be 2018. I went to, was it LA Comic Con? I can't, I don't think so. I don't remember what convention it was. It could be Long Beach Comic Con. Anyways, I went with Maria and Karen and Jackson Rathbone was there and you could like pay money to get a selfie with him Mm -hmm. and I was talking to my friends I was like yo I should tell him the story about how like I owe him big time for my (laughs) job my friendships and like all this other stuff and they're like yeah go tell him I was like this is absolutely ridiculous like he's gonna think I'm crazy so I went over there and I was like hi so this isn't the first time like I've met you like I used to see you often like when you played in the band that you were in and he was like oh wow really and I was like yeah I was like also low-key mad that he still doesn't remember me after all this time but also I like but also like I was just another face in the crowd okay the other members I met a bunch of people yeah 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 yeah. but anyways he um I, like, explained this whole thing to him and, like, all of this different stuff. And he was like, are you serious? And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. He was like, so basically all the money that you've made working at this job that you make is because of me. So you're welcome. <laughs> I was like, you bastard. <laughs> but it was really He's funny. all, where's my cut? Exactly. I, I was like, don't talk to me. But anyways, it was really funny, like, sharing that story with him, like, face to face. He thought it was really cool. He was like, I love that, like, that I was played, like, such a big role in different parts of your life. But also, like, low key, I can't believe that a lot of my life is connected to this freaking movie franchise. I know. <laughs> but also, I'm not mad about it. No. A sure. little bit mad. I don't even know. But anyways, yeah. So that happened. So But it's no it's no different than like for example, X-Files is the reason why like I have the husband that I have yeah. and I have friends with Karen. Like if I if I didn't like X-Files, I would have never met Karen and therefore you. Yes. So like X-Files is kind of my version of that. It's it's interesting because like I mean, at the end of the day, like, the biggest decision that resulted in me becoming friends with 
like you and Karen and Maria and like our group of friends, like ties back to like me deciding to go to UCR for college instead of Mount St. Mary's for college and then deciding to work at Disneyland was also part of it. So because I got my job at Disneyland, then I met Glaselda and Aileen. And then because of them, I got to go to these concerts where I met you um, not you, but I met Maria and Karen. And then I also met Regina. Like that's how I met Regina too, um, is through these concerts. So like, it's weird that like my group of friends that is not associated with Disney or with work or K-pop all comes out of this one set of concerts mm-hmm. that just happen to be associated with Jackson Rathbone, who happens to be in the Twilight Saga. Yes. All right, well, jumping into the franchise, um, some general info background. The Twilight Saga is made up of four books plus one, a new one this year. Um, We have Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, and then Midnight Sun is the new one coming out this, this year. I think I think it's supposed to come out this year. Midnight Sun is the first book from Edward's perspective. Yeah, which I have a lot of thoughts of. <laughs> um, Twilight, the book, came out in 2005, and The New Moon, 2006, 2007, 2008. So basically for those four years. I got into Twilight, I want to say, when Eclipse came out. How about you? Uh, I read the first one when it came out. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair enough. From the it beginning. Just, for me, because it, like it was like my second year of high school mm-hmm. um it was kind of making the rounds at my school yeah so it was one of those things where like so you know someone was like oh my god have you heard this new book twilight we gotta read it you gotta read it okay yeah here borrow my copy like it was like one person's book was being passed around the school kind of a thing yeah and then and then if you liked that book then obviously like i like i begged my dad to like take me to target to buy the rest of them <laughs> and then i went to the the release of breaking dawn and it was like a whole like a whole thing in my high school um so that was kind of fun uh then we have a novella which is it's like the brie tanner one i didn't read it i didn't read it either um and then we have five movies so there's a lot of twilight content it was a absolutely like massive cultural phenomenon for sure if you if you haven't heard of this, I don't know where you were. Were you in a coma for 10 years? I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, technically, there's even more to this because there's like the the fan fiction that spiraled into a book series that turned into a exactly. movie franchise. Fifty Shades of Grey. Exactly. God. And then, yeah, there's oh, there's so many. There's just so much, basically, yeah. of this franchise. Um. And there's a lot of careers that have kind of, like, come out of people being in this franchise as well. Yes. Yeah. So, the movies is kind of more of what we're focusing on for this episode. So, if you came for a deep dive on the books, I'm so sorry. This is not... (laughs) This is not it. Um, The movies were released from 2008 to 2012. uh, One every year, with the final film being split into two movies. I think this was, like one of the first ones that did that right was it this one or harry potter it was harry potter they did it because harry potter did it and then hunger games did it 
And then yeah, Divergent <laughs> tried to do it but failed. Oh god, I don't even think I watched the last Divergent film. I, I don't think they released the last Divergent film. That's because yeah. that's because what's her name was like I'm done. Um, so Twilight, the first movie, was released uh, November twenty first, two thousand eight. Directed by Catherine Hardwick, screenplay by Melissa Rosenberg, who we know from doing Jessica Jones. Yes. Which Eamon couldn't wrap his head around that these movies were written by like the same person who did Jessica Jones. Look, <laughs> I... I 100% think it's not her fault. It is not her fault, okay? Because... No. They took the screenplay, the person who writes the screenplay, right, takes the, the screenplay from the source material. Yeah. Which, source material. Um, But also, like, I feel like, especially with this first movie, a lot of, like, what made this particular one the way it was, I'll wait, I'll share my actual opinion at the end, Um, Mm -hmm. is because of the choices made by the director. Yeah. No, I I would agree. But I mean, also, I think a lot of it has to do with Stephanie Meyer being a very active part of this movie. Yes. Um, she was the the studio was basically like, we need to keep this as loyal to the book as we can. Here's the author, and she I think had a lot of say on yeah. a lot of things, and they. Like the the fandom around this, like I I was there. I was on the blogs, following the production of this first movie, hard. People had opinions, yeah, and they had thoughts. And <laughs> even Stephanie Meyer, she put out blog posts of who she wanted to be cast. You can still read them because they're yes. archived on her website. So, like, if you go on her website and click on the Twilight movie, you can read all of the blog posts that she posted. Because I remember following, like, I was doing the same thing, like, following it along as they were making this movie. And they kept announcing, like, who they wanted to play Edward. And Robert mm-hmm. Pattinson was not on anybody's list. No. No, he wasn't. <laughs> I, I just, oh, God, I remember, like... When, like, Stephanie Meyer would post production photos, like, she would post pictures of, like, the cars, and everyone was like, oh my god, that's the truck that Bella drives, and, like, everyone was, like, so intensely focused on every minute detail of this movie. So, in terms of who stars in this movie, it's a bunch of people. Uh, (laughs) Poor Katie was trying to write everyone's name for every movie, and it was too much. So once again, if you don't if you don't know who stars in this movie, I mean, we have Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson as the the two main people. We'll throw in Taylor Lautner. Um, there's a ton of there's a ton of people in this movie. So I hope you're okay with us breezing past that a little bit. Um, the plot of the movie: High school student Bella Swan, played by Kristen Stewart, always a bit of a misfit doesn't expect life to change much when she moves from sunny Arizona to rainy Washington state. Then she meets Edward Cullen, Robert Pattinson, a handsome but mysterious teen whose eyes seem to peer directly into her soul. (laughs) Edward is a vampire whose family does not drink blood, and Bella, far from being frightened, 
enters into a dangerous romance with her immortal soulmate. I did not read these plots before I copied them from Wikipedia. <laughs> Whoever wrote them took them very seriously. <laughs> No, it's it's absolutely <laughs> perfect. Don't even worry. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, yeah. So Katie, did you see this movie in theaters when it came out? Yes, of course I did. <laughs> Same here. I think I went with like a group of girls from my high school and we like went, I think like the night it was released. I think I did a, I know I definitely did midnight showings for the other movies. I think I might have done one for this one, but I don't remember for sure. It's so long ago. It is. It was, oh, I just remember it being so loud. I, okay, I definitely went to the panel at Comic-Con for this film. Because I went to Comic-Con in 2007, so I actually went to the panel for Twilight before the film was released, right? In 2007. And let me tell you, anytime the camera got anywhere close to Robert Pattinson... (laughs) Several thousand people would lose their minds and you couldn't hear anything he was saying because it was being drowned out by like, I did not know what a fangirl was until I joined, like got into the Twilight Saga. Yeah. This was like by definition, like if you want to know what like a true fangirl, like the stereotype is, it comes from this for sure. Like a hard fandom. Like the Twihards are terrifying. I was gonna say, like, like now it's kind of this is the norm in terms yeah. of fandoms, but this was the first I would say like hardcore, kind almost borderline scary fandom. Yeah, because Harry, Harry Potter was hardcore, but I feel like people were like more low key and chill about it. This movie put people on sides like this, this franchise, oh. like you were oh, yeah. either one or the other or you didn't exist. Yeah, it it was it, it was intense. It was a tense time. For yes. Sure. Yes. <laughs> OK, so we both saw it in theaters. Awesome. Did you like this movie? <laughs> Did you, OK, I'm going to edit that question. Did you like this movie when you first saw it? I'm trying to think if I did. I think I did when I first saw it. Now, do I like this movie? No. I don't think this movie is good. It's not good. It was the worst part about this movie is the choices that were made by the director. Like, people are going to get mad at me for saying this. I can feel it already. But straight up, like, I've seen other movies done by Catherine Hardwick. Okay, mm-hmm. I have. I think she did Lords of Dogtown, which is a really good film. Yes. Um, which the actress that plays Rosalie is from that film, and she was great mm-hmm. in it. And she comes into this movie, right? That girl had so many lines. WTF? She was barely in the book. Like, where'd she come from? <laughs> yeah, they they were definitely they must have been really good friends or something. Also, she wasn't my favorite choice for that casting. It, it. I think the thing was, is that you read the book, right? And so you're coming into this movie with a lot of really high expectations. And I don't feel that in specific ways that this film hit those expectations, right? Yeah. It did not. It could have been better. Now, as the show, as the saga progresses, it absolutely gets better because they yeah. change their directors. They change 
production, whatever, more budget, different mm-hmm. things. But let me tell you, like, if you compare this film to the other films in this, this is not a good movie. Like, it's too stylized for what the movie is. It it had like this color scheme that they used in the film that was just not great. I can see where maybe what she was going for, and it's supposed to be the stark contrast to Arizona. Yeah, so I, I get where she's going. What she's going for, did it work? No, I don't think so. Now, I mentioned that this is probably the movie out of the entire franchise that I've seen the most. I absolutely have. As a gift for Christmas one year, my best friend Diana, her husband, gave me a burned version of Twilight with the riff track laid over the top of it. So for people who don't know what a riff track is, a riff track is think Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like, if you have you seen that before? Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, like, Mystery Science Theater is, like, this guy with these two robots that sit and watch really bad B, like, sci-fi movies and just Mm -hmm. rip on them. The whole film, like, they're just, like, making comments and making noises and stuff. Well, after the original Mystery Science Theater ended, that thing did not end. And the same people who did that started a company called Riff Tracks. And what they would do is they would create these, like audio files that you could purchase and you would start the movie and start the riff track at the same time so that you'd have this sort of like comedy overlay track that went along with the film well my my friend's husband found the version of twilight with the track actually like on the movie and burned it onto a dvd for me and that made that movie the most hilarious film I have ever seen in my life. I literally oh watch it God. all the time. I can't believe I've never shown it to you. You need to watch You've never it. never even told me about this. Oh, my this God. It's amazing. It's one of my most prized possessions, to be honest. Like That's amazing. It is really funny. Like, the opening part of the movie, you know, with, like, the deer or whatever when she's talking. Oh, yeah. The riff track goes, like, more deer hunting than the deer hunter. and they were like the deer that's how the deer wants to go like getting plowed over by a woman on her cell phone in a suv they're like oh so natural causes like they're just (laughs) doing commentary like the whole movie and it literally makes the film a thousand times better but now i can't watch the regular one without thinking about the things that they've said in the riff track because I've watched the riff track so many times. I showed it to my dad and my brother and my dad was dying. He was laughing so hard because it's so so great. My God. Next time when you're finally able to like come over to my house, like we'll watch it. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. It's (sighs) the, the part I probably hate the most is, and like, I think it's because like there's this comedian, that has made this joke so many times I can't not think like you said like mm-hmm. you can't watch it without thinking of it it's like the whole spider monkey line oh my god that's the thing I had in my mind too for the part <laughs> I hate the most <laughs> oh spider monkey and like just all the th- all the things that people make fun of also TikTok had this trend for a while where they would play like Bella's lullaby or whatever um, but like they just twerk to it. Oh God! 
like so the dun 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 like the yeah <laughs> so just imagine someone twerking the dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> I can see it in my head right now it's so funny <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and it's just like I think I sat there one day and just watched like 50 of them in oh a row god. and like anytime I hear it now I'm like I just I just see someone twerking to- it's it's like that line is so bad. I don't know why. Like that wasn't in the book. Like okay, no, the, the part I was that? the part I was looking forward to, like that happened in the book that wasn't in the movie was. Do you remember the part where she like comes down the stairs right when they're supposed to go out on their first date and she trips coming down the stairs and he catches her and kisses her and then she faints because she forgot to breathe. I was waiting for that the whole time and it never happened. Which is like 1,000% straight out of a K-drama. I'm not going to lie. Girl, totally. Totally. I mean, I'm here for that cheesy stuff. Like, I loved some of the moments between, like, some of my favorite parts in this movie are, like, moments that she shares with Edward, right? Like, the sweet moments that they share and things like that. But then, like, now this whole movie is just clouded by the riff track. So, like, everything's just funny. Like, you know the part where she, like, wakes up and sees Edward in her house and then wasn't really sure if he was there? In the riff track, he's standing there and he goes, what was our math homework? And then he disappears. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You're welcome. Okay, moving on. Who's your favorite character? Oh, God. I don't know. Charlie. That's all that matters. Charlie. I, oh, oh my God. Okay, once again, TikTok ruining everything. There was this TikTok that someone did about, I think it's about the first movie, but the impression that they did of Charlie, they're like, oh, hey, Bells, uh, want to go bowling? <laughs> I love Billy Burke, so I freaking love Charlie. Charlie is like the best character in this. Every every time he'd come on screen, Eamon and I'd be like, oh, hey, Bells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I agree. Like, Charlie is the most, like, unproblematic character in this. Yeah. In terms of, like, like I have no issue with him. Yeah. He's, he's just trying to live his life. <laughs> Between, like, him and Jacob's dad, too. I love Jacob's dad. And, like, oh, their yeah. friendship is really funny. I like how it's like, oh, my favorite character's side character. Forget the main character. I just, I, yeah also i kind of loved anna kendrick oh my god in this as well because jessica yeah because like 100 percent when i read the book and when i first saw this movie hated her hated her so much but now that i know anna kendrick i can see her acting the hell out of this character in a way that <laughs> She tried so hard, and she's probably she's like, one of oh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, movie night with Bella, cool. <laughs> every part of her performance is like I'm trying so hard. <laughs> I freaking love her in this. Oh my god! Oh man, I just—it's just like if you know Anna Kendrick, you know she was probably like dying inside but also having an absolute blast oh my (laughs) god but honestly at the end of the day no one hates twilight more than robert pattinson (laughs) exactly no i mean 100 percent. cedric what happened cedric (laughs) what what happened okay we've spent like forever on the first one (laughs) i i I think it deserves it though i think it deserves straight up it does 
Um, then we have New Moon, uh, which was released November 20th, 2009. So this is where I started to like falter in my love. Gotcha. Uh, I get it. I think I actually saw a bootleg version of this movie and not even like the real <laughs> Until until recently. Until recently. I was like, oh, wow, this is much clearer. <laughs> anyway, um, directed by Chris Wise. Uh, screenplay, once again, Melissa Rosenberg. She's going to, I think she's on the screenplay for the whole franchise. The whole franchise. So we can just yeah. like shout out so, now and then leave. Yeah. The rest of the time. <laughs> so it's the same cast with the addition of more wolves, more vultry, and then... Uh, is it Bryce Dallas Howard in this one? No, next next one. I can't remember. It's the next one. It's the next one. So you know, apparently Bryce Dallas Howard is who they originally wanted. Yes, but they couldn't get her. Yeah, she like something, and then so they cast someone else. But then they could get her, so they put her, which I think is kind of crappy. Oh in yeah, my, in my personal opinion, to oh. be like, oh well, now we can get the girl we want. So bye. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically... I think they recasted her for this one because Victoria is does make a cameo in this, especially after Bella, like, jumps off the cliff thing. Goes cliff diving because she's intelligent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's Bryce Dallas Howard. I feel like. I think so. I can't keep track. But anyway, the plot of the movie. Bella Swan is on the cusp of her 18th birthday and blissfully happy with her undead beau, Edward Cullen. While celebrating her birthday with Edward's family of vegetarian vampires, a frightening incident convinces Edward that he's simply too dangerous to be around his sweetheart. He decides to leave the town of Forks in order to ensure her safety, leaving her behind angry and depressed. (laughs) Bless whoever wrote these, like, Wikipedia summaries. They're so good. They (laughs) Man, they took their job so seriously, and I am so proud of them. <laughs> I mean, we have, we always put the, like, Wikipedia summary that you get. Like, you know when you Google the movie, right? The one that's on the sidebar? Yeah. That's yeah. what we use most of the time. And oh, most yeah. of the time, they don't really hit the mark real yeah. well. But these ones, clearly they, someone's like, I love Twilight, and just gives, like, the best they, description possible. They either love Twilight, or they, like... They do one pass, and then they're like, okay, now let's take it seriously and, like, tweak it to make sure. <laughs> they said undead Like, I love the whole bow. vegetarian. Yeah, vegetarian. undead bow. Like, the the poetic nature of that is just beautiful. Oh, my God. C- c- bravo to this person. <laughs> yes. So, I already mentioned that I did not see this in theaters. I saw a bootleg version. What, did you see this in theaters? Girl, I did a two-parter where I saw the first one, and then at midnight, they showed us the second one. I actually oh. got a speeding ticket on my way to go to the theater to see this movie. <laughs> Are you serious? You were that? You were in that of a rush? <laughs> I was running late because my friends, um, Aileen and Glaselda and like somebody else, were already in line at the theater. Okay, and so I was trying to get there to meet them, and I was going 72 and a 55. The only speeding ticket I've ever gotten. That's not bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's not bad. Okay, and did you like this movie? I actually did like it. I liked this one. I thought this one was actually not bad. I was kind of, like I said, this was the point where my love started to really turn. So when I first watched it, 
I was kind of like, I'm only watching this because I've already watched the first one and my friend wanted to watch it. And yeah, but like now, like with my recent rewatch, I was like, okay, not bad. Yeah. Well, because by this time, all the books are out. Yes. Already. So yes, uh, I'm I'm assuming that maybe your love for this franchise might have waned after reading Breaking Dawn. Oh, what? <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Which was such a bummer because I was obviously so into that book coming out, and then it just—that's a whole nother discussion. We'll not divert. Um, <laughs> so definitely, when we watched this movie, this was like. It was 100% not Eamon's favorite because majority of this book is spent with like her one being depressed as all hell yeah, and two, um, a lot of Jacob and Eamon hated Taylor Lautner. Oh my God. Is Eamon <laughs> team Edward like all the way? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. So good. It's so funny. He just, he like, he just thought he was a terrible actor, basically, is what it was. Uh, was he, he he was like, I'm just not into it. I don't like his performance. The character is not the best. He gets better, I feel like, as time goes on. Because, like, you get, like, not a lot of him in the first one, right? But then this movie yeah. is just, like, all Taylor Lautner. Yeah. Which, I'll be, I'll be honest, I don't mind Taylor Lautner. This was this was just Eamon being like, oh. <laughs> oh no, I I am a I am a big fan of Taylor Lautner. I thought he did great. Oh, um, there you go. He also like this movie also gave him lots of excuses like, oh, you're bleeding from your head. Takes whole shirt off. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, and isn't it true that like they almost recasted him because he wasn't buff enough, and so that he had to kind of like get Probably. into shape. Probably. There's something like that. So we mentioned teams. This was a huge bit of this franchise. So were you team Edward or team Jacob? Edward. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Jacob. (laughs) I switched a lot during my time in this franchise, I feel like. That's fair. Um, I will say, though, that, like... Because there was, like, a point in time where I was 100% like, Team Jacob. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I started out as Team Edward, and I think I'm still there, but there are times where I'm just like, Edward, you so creepy. Like, oh, you so I, weird. Like, when I was reading the books, 100% Team Edward, and I was yeah. very strong on that. But that's because that's what the books are telling you. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what the story is setting up. Um, but like as an adult, I'm like, I'm team no one. Y'all need to get your like everything together because Bella's yeah. not the best character, Edward's not the best, and neither is Jacob. Like they all have some deep issues. I so- I yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. Where like you're just sort of like, I'm team Charlie. He got he got stiffed in the end. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, although, I, although not really, he ends up happy. Yeah, he does. He actually ends up happier than than most of the characters do. Like, mm-hmm. I switched back and forth between being Team Edward and Team Jacob. I think during this one, I was more 
Like, I was Team Edward, I feel like, at this point, because I really wanted him to come back. Yeah. But also, he sort of just left her high and dry, which was super jacked. Oh, yeah. 100% when I read this book, the the angsty 16-year-old me was loving this. This was my favorite. I was like, yes, this angst of time passing. But, like, 100% not the greatest thing to just have like a female character fall absolutely apart over a guy not the best role model for me to have at 16 but no um um, yeah i will say that in a way i kind of liked the way that they showed her mental state after edward left because the big thing to keep in mind when watching this is that Bella is a 16-year-old girl. She's 18. She's an 18-year-old girl. Oh, yeah, 18. I was 16. In high school, right? So everything is the end-all, be-all of her entire life, right? Yes. So, like, the boy that she's with now is going to be the love of her life, and that's what she believes, right? So if you take that in that context, and then the way that they depicted how she did fall apart when he left her because he left her without any explanation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she had already been through a, uh, like a pretty frightening experience from the first movie to the second one, right? Like she almost died from James in the first one. She almost died in this one. Like she got lost in the forest and had to get saved by what became to come to be known as the where as the wolves, right? Um, so the way they depicted it was her sitting in a chair with the camera spinning around her watching the months go by. Right? Yeah. And I I really liked that a lot. I think they did a pretty good job at depicting of what it would be like, like for Bella's mental state after the person that she believed to be the love of her life left her without any explanation and she can't get a hold of them and the rest of the family. Like, yeah. So I think that particular scene is one of my favorites is of the time passing as she just sits in the chair. I, I think the director did a very good job because I think that scene alone was probably like four or five chapters, right? Oh my God. Yeah, they cut out so much, thank God. It's like when in Harry Potter when they chop the camping stuff down to like an out like like I don't know, like 15 minutes of the movie thank god because that was like three quarters of the book of harry potter was the camping this was a big chunk of her just like being depressed was a huge part of this and like i said like the angsty girl inside me absolutely reveled in that but yeah i think the director did a very good job of summing it up basically in a very good way yeah you don't really need you don't really need to revel in all of it no they they just showing the months passing and her just sort of being like a zombie in her life, just going through the motions was yes. enough to really show how it affected her. And also mm-hmm. we got more moments of her spiraling more than just like her being depressed, right? Where she makes decisions to do dangerous things because her mind is letting her see Edward and because she's so... 18 and focused laser focused in on this relationship that she was in. Um, made her do dangerous things, right? Like cliff jumping and uh, uh, motorcycles and the bikes and like different stuff like that. Like, Although, man, you got to admire the commitment. She bought a motorcycle to restore, which probably took months to do. 
only just to then write it and see him for that time. She crazy. <laughs> yeah, she she crazy. I will say, like, I do, I, I enjoy the bit where, and kind of the bit that does make you kind of lean towards Team Jacob is, like, she kind of comes out of it. And she finds happiness without Edward. And she finds, yeah. like, she even if she doesn't like, like Jacob or, you know, there's a whole, like, storyline all with that. Um, you can at least, like, see her kind of be more herself. Yeah. Rather than just who Edward, like, she thinks Edward wants her to be or whatever. Like she she's got a lot of things that she needs to work through, right? Like she's got this weird obsession with age, right? Where she she hates yeah. being trying to be older than him, but girlfriend, you'll never be older than your than your boyfriend. He's like a hundred something years old. I was gonna say, like, and also like what's wrong with being a year or two older than your boyfriend? Yeah. And I think that these specific things, like the obsession with age and then her, like when she takes the picture with her and Edward, right? She like folds it in half and like keeps covering her face and like puts the picture in because she thinks that she's just not worthy of being with Edward, which is like, what is it? Um, It's very distinct. There's this one scene that I feel like it reflects both on, like, the author themselves, right? On, like, what they're writing. Um, And also, like, it really showcases about, like, what kind of character Bella is supposed to be. Because Edward was like, it was so easy to convince you that I didn't love you. And then she has this line where she says, it never made sense for you to love me. And I was like, girlfriend, you got some problems. You got you some to, low like, self-esteem issues. I was for like, sure. girl, we need to get you in to see somebody to talk about your like self-esteem and confidence issues, girl, because mm-hmm. you were just as worthy to be with him as he is to be with you. Like, calm down. Exactly. Like, we need to have a conversation. But but that line right there just really makes you like, yikes like girlfriend there's some deeper underlying psychological issues that we need to have a discussion about definitely all right moving into eclipse which was released june 24th 2010 directed by david slade screenplay melissa rosenberg uh the plot danger once again surrounds bella as a string of mysterious killings terrorizes seattle and a malicious vampire continues her infernal request for revenge. Amid the tumult, Bella must choose between her love for Edward and her friendship with Jacob. Knowing that her decision may ignite the long-simmering feud between vampire and werewolf. So, I would say this is like the most popular book and possibly movie like i feel like this is like the one that everyone usually is like oh yeah that one's my favorite or like oh that's the best one i for sure this is my favorite book for sure is eclipse um a lot of it has to do with um the edward and bella stuff especially when she stays the night at the cullen house with edward Mm -hmm. freaking Mm -hmm. love that part in the book i'm a sucker for these like total k-drama romance crap (laughs) you know me yes 
No. Um, did you see this movie in theaters? Of course I did. <laughs> of course you did. So, um, do you like this movie? I do. I did like this one very much. Yeah. I, I would say it's, it's definitely, like, probably my favorite. Um, I would say this one's my favorite, too, like, film-wise. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was really good. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't say it's, like, best movie ever, but, like, oh, no. I'm just, like, like, definitely out of these five movies, I'm like, this is good. Yeah, I feel like this is about the point where they kind of, like, hit their stride with this. Because, like, even in the next movie, like, the first half of the next movie is really good. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah. Until you get later, when you're just like, this is some BS crap yeah i liked this movie because it had a lot of like it i like this movie a lot because you got a lot more than just bella and edward and i think that's maybe why everybody liked it a lot because you got a lot more of their like growing relationship right between bella and edward both at school at home and like more more of their like relationship out in public but also you got a lot more of like backstory and background on the other characters so you got some more stuff with the van- with the werewolves which was pretty cool and then you get a lot of backstory with the Cullen family especially mm-hmm. like you get Rosalie's backstory you get um Jasper's backstory and i think those are the only two you actually like really see are those two and theirs are the probably the most horrific to a certain point. Like, yeah. it made me actually like Rosalie's character in this, oh, yeah, in this one. Because I this... did not like her up until this point. <laughs> no, same. Same. It, it, gave, it gave them complexity. You know, like, they yeah. weren't just there. It, it, I liked having, because, like, Rosalie was not particularly great and she didn't like Bella at all and like it made a lot of sense but you never really understood until this one where she like goes in to describe like the reasons why she doesn't think Bella should become a vampire and her backstory is really sad and like the ways in which that she became a vampire but it makes a lot of sense is that she didn't get a choice like this wasn't a decision that she would have made for herself it was yeah. more out of necessity. It was all either she was going to die or she became a vampire. And that was a decision that Carlisle made for her. Yeah, it wasn't even exactly her decision. Yeah. And and she talks about how she wishes that her life was different because she always wants to be with um, Emmett. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what she wants for her future is for her and Emmett to grow old together and to be gray haired with their grandchildren by their sides. Like that's what she wants. So she wants that future to be an option for Bella. But Bella is like, I, that's your choice, not mine. And that really shows you like the differences between the two, but it also makes you appreciate like Rosalie's side of things because she's like, there was nobody there to speak up in opposition for me, so I want to be that person for you. And it made me like her character more, possibly up until, like, only a whole movie, because I didn't really like her a lot in Breaking Dawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one. Um, is there a worst part that you don't like from this movie? I can't really think of anything in particular. I'm sure there is, but... Um, I will say that I didn't like the whole Riley Beers 
thing. Like that one, like the whole fight scenes and stuff, like some of it wasn't like real particularly like I didn't like him a lot. Okay. Um I will say though that it cracks me up every time I see the giant werewolves to remember that Taylor Lautner did all of the CGI like movements and stuff. So when she, when Bella reaches out and pets uh Jacob's head, she's actually petting Taylor Lautner's head, which just cracks me up every time I think about it. But I feel like for me the worst part in this movie is actually a missing scene that they didn't put in that was in the book that they didn't include in the movie and it just frustrates me all to hell that it wasn't in it. Okay. Um, do you know the scene I'm talking about? No. Possibly? Okay. In the book, when when Bella kisses Jacob up in the mountains, mm-hmm. right? When they share that like second kiss, mm-hmm. um, as they're kissing, Bella gets this like flash of what her future could be like if she chose oh. Jacob. And she sees, like, them living in a house together with their children by their side. And, like, it's a really beautiful, like, like thought of what her life could be like if she chose Jacob. Because Which I think would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have been great. I'm going to tell you straight up, I was super, like, both my sister and I were real angry that they didn't include that. Because Michelle is 100% team Jacob. Like, oh, okay. all the way. <laughs> um... But it was frustrating that they didn't show that because, like, it's very clear that they're, like, wanting you to pick Edward, like, to be on yeah. his side. Which makes sense, right? Because that's how the books were pretty focused. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, there is, like, this moment and then there's another Jacob moment in the next movie that they didn't include either that really shows that, like, Jacob has the f- a potential to have a future outside of this BS. And, like, yeah. but... They don't, they didn't let him, like, they didn't let yeah. it happen. And I'm mad that they didn't include that scene because it was so good. So good. So were you on Team Jacob for this movie then? I was still probably low-key, like, uh, like I was still Team Edward, but I was, like, shifting to Team Jacob because he had the comedy going for him in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, in the, when they were in the tent, right? And he... He's in the when he says that line, like face it, I'm hotter than you, and I, oh my God. I know Eamon couldn't stop laughing at that line for like ever. We had to pause the movie because <laughs> it's so funny. Because he just went, what, and then just started laughing, like, <laughs> like almost crying. He was laughing so hard. He was like, who? wrote this line <laughs> and it was so good and i 100 percent remember as somebody made this video because you know how like jacob would always show up to pick up bella or whatever and he would never have yeah. a shirt on and edward has that line of doesn't he own a shirt <laughs> somebody made like a video where it was just them going doesn't he own a shirt doesn't he own a shirt doesn't he own a shirt <laughs> <sighs> Do you see oh. why this is my favorite movie? It's so good. <laughs> oh, so freaking funny. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, okay. Breaking Dawn Part 1. God. Released on November 18th, 2011. Directed by Bill Condon? Yeah. Yeah. And you put other vampires. So, like, same cast plus more vampires. Yeah. The plot. 
At last, Bella and Edward are getting married. When Jacob finds out that Bella wants to spend her honeymoon as a human, he is horrified. <laughs> for, <laughs> for Edward's passion could accidentally kill her. <laughs> Bella does indeed survive her honeymoon, but a new complication arises when she discovers that she's pregnant and the child is growing at an alarming rate. The pregnancy sets in, sets the wolves against Bella and Edward, but Jacob vows to protect his friend. Oh man, this is really where everything just... Yep. We we peaked with Eclipse and then we just just went hard down. <laughs> I feel like we were still peaked about halfway through the first the first final movie, right? Because the wedding was beautiful. The wedding was beautiful. It was, and I really enjoyed all that. I yeah. agree. Oh, straight up, my favorite part was the wedding. It was so good. It was beautiful. She looked beautiful. I loved the way that she reacted like as she was walking up the aisle and she was so nervous. And then the moment she made eye contact with Edward, she like remembered why she was doing this. And then in the background, you have Jessica cracking the like, do you think she'll be showing? And they're like, what? Like no one gets married at 18 and is it knocked up? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> dang. Yes. I was like, I was like, did Anna Kendrick ad lib this? I swear to God. <laughs> I loved her face when she was like, oh, okay. Like all sarcastic. Yeah. It was so good. It was so good. People get married at 18 and are not pregnant, but it's yes. such a, it's a such like the immediate thought that a lot of people have. They're like, oh, she's getting married at 18. She must be pregnant. Exactly. It's yeah, it's, it is very young for now. Um, I I would agree. I think the wedding is is very very good. Um I will say I don't know why this came up, but like while we were watching it, Eamon said something about the honeymoon and I went, "Oh, that's my f- like that part's funny because of a certain moment." And he's like, "What? Like what could they possibly do? You know, whatever." And I was like, "Well, let's just say they break the bed." And he looked at me and was like, you must be joking. <laughs> and I went, well, we'll see. And he's like, no, no, pl- please, please, for the love of God, please tell me that doesn't happen. And I was like, well, I guess we'll see. And we watched it. And when it happened, Eamon, I thought he was going to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> Flips the table. I'm done with this franchise. I'm done. <laughs> I, if we were in a theater, I think he would have walked straight out. So, like, you know how he was telling me this this morning because I asked him, I was like, tell me again some of your opinions on this franchise because <clears throat> it's been a few weeks since we've watched this. And he said, you know how there's Jump the Shark for TV shows? Well, there's like, there's there's a term for it for movies, but he said it should be changed to um, they broke the bed because the scene was so bad. It just like absolutely ruined everything for him. <laughs> he just, he thought it was so over the top and everything. And it's funny because like when I read it, like when I read it mm-hmm. for the first time, I was like, oh my God. Like, 
my god. <laughs> like, I know. Seven, 17-year-old me, I was like, oh my <sighs> god, they broke the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways your thoughts i so among all of the reasons why i dislike after the honeymoon and through the end of these films um is like what solidified me being on team edward's side was how jacob acted Pretty much through the rest of the movies. It literally ticked me off in a way that just like, like, first of all, it is none of your business what her and Edward decide to do in their married life. You don't get to make that decision. Like, I don't care if you think that he's going to kill her by having sex with her. Like, like, calm down. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen when they have their passionate moments. Okay, it was fine. Um, just Jacob getting like super crazy overprotective made me real mad. He was, God, he was acting like such a brat. <laughs> I mean, he was buttoning on something that he had no business butting in on because he thinks he knows what's best for Bella. And I'm like, bruh, back it off. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and also, God. like, who are you to decide what's best for Bella? Exactly. Like, that's what pushed me away from liking Jacob was like how he was acting towards Bella with like the whole wedding and like everything else. It was so frustrating. Um, and then, you know, what pushed me off this entire franchise, the pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm not going to lie. When stories go to the pregnancy storyline, I tend to be like, Oh, really? Is this the only thing you could think of? Okay, but, like, the problem that I had, so I remember when we were getting ready for the fourth book to come out, because, like, my mom and my sisters and I went to this, like, midnight book release party at Barnes & Noble, because they, like, went all out for this. There was, like, vampire bingo and, like, making a a wedding dress for Bella (laughs) out of toilet paper. Like, we were down and in, like, we were all the way, all night long for this whole Twilight business, right? Now, we also talked about what we thought would be the reason why Edward would make Bella into a vampire, right? We mm-hmm. thought accident. Like, she got into a car accident and was dying. Like, that was yeah. more plausible than the decision that was made. We thought yeah. cancer, brain tumor, um she got attacked like there's so many different like things that we came up with that like because edward said he would like like that would force his hand into making her a vampire right yeah because he was very against it did not want to do it exactly her getting pregnant from a undead vampire was not on my list of things that would happen what the heck it was and it was just like a train wreck from then on because like to me like i actually don't mind the honeymoon you know the breaking of the bed is a bit dramatic but like i thought the movie was doing so well and like this even the storyline of the book was doing so well and then you get to that and you're just like oh <laughs> oh it was just not great did i think edward was kind of a jerk during the honeymoon oh 
Yeah, he ruined her first, like, morning after they, like, after they had sex together. It was her first time. And, like, she's thinking about everything that happened and how she felt. And he came in and ruined it. I don't think I've ever hated a character more than in that moment. I was like, you SOB, how dare you take away this moment for her? And I do like that she kind of, like, said that as well. She was like, I don't know if you noticed, but I was actually happy five minutes ago. So thanks. Like, thanks for ruining (laughs) Yeah. I just, I'm so frustrated with the whole pregnancy, like, storyline. It's so dumb. It, It is. It's the thing I hate most about this entire thing is the pregnancy storyline. It's it's just it's a it's an overused device is basically what it is and I'm over it and there's so many things out of this storyline that just get even worse with the second one. Oh my god! So let's talk about that one then. Yes. Um, oh, I, I lost my place here. Uh, Breaking Dawn Part Two released November twelfth, two thousand twelve. Uh, same director, same writer. Right. So the movie, the movie part one ends, doesn't it end with her already have given birth and she's being turned or is that it's it? This was actually the part of the movie that was actually like, I actually enjoyed reading this part in the book is when she becomes a vampire. Right. Yeah. Um, Because after she's born, after she has the baby, right. Like the baby comes out, like she's basically like dying. Like her back is oh, broken. Yeah. Her pelvis is destroyed. Like her body is just her, ravaged. Yeah. She's basically being like all of her nutrition. Everything is being sucked dry by this baby. <laughs> yeah. So, but what they, like, the way they depicted how she was turning into a vampire was, like, she got, like, the injection of of the vampire venom and all that stuff into her, but she was, like, laying there quiet, just, like, unconscious, but she, they actually described, like, how she was feeling on the inside, that she was burning, like, yeah. on the inside, and I thought that was a fairly interesting way they like approached it and they did show like i thought that the the like depiction that they showed in the movie was pretty cool the movie Mm -hmm. ends with her becoming a vampire and like she opens her eyes and that's where the movie ends yes which i really i i was like oh my god if i had if i were seeing that in the theaters i would be like oh i need the next one now (laughs) girl it was like that a hundred percent like I will say, like, like, besides the whole, like, baby pregnancy thing, like, when they, they, like, I'll let you just read the plot and then we'll talk oh, about yes, it. Oh, yes, I forgot to do that. Bella awakens as a vampire from her life-threatening labor and her newborn daughter, Renesmee. Pro- <sighs> yeah, exactly. Proves to be <laughs> very special indeed. While Bella adjusts to her new state of being, Renesmee experiences accelerated growth. When the Volturi learn of the baby's existence, they declare her to be an abomination and sentence the Cullens to death. Bella, Edward, and the rest of the clan seek to help seek help from allies around the world to protect their family. Okay. So first of all, Renesme. Oh God. The worst name of all time. Did no you way. know that Michelle, so she used to work at Disneyland, right? And she worked in the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique as someone who took photographs. She had a little girl 
whose freaking name was literally Renesme. No. Yes. It was probably because of yes. this. No. Yes. Yes. I. That is not a good name. It was such a bad name. I don't understand. I what? thought people hated this name. They do, but somebody legitimately named their kid Renesme. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry to that little girl. I hope they nickname her something much better. Yeah, I remember reading this book and everyone just being like, what is that? Like, no one knew even really how to pronounce it. It was just so, like, yeah. a Frankenstein of a name. Like, it's only two names put together, but it's, like, the worst <laughs> It's it's not a good name. It's it's pretty it's pretty bad. There's a whole list of things that are real bad in this movie, like Jacob and printing on a freaking oh baby. Like, are you joking? Come on now. Uh, just, once once again, the point when Eamon wanted to just burn this franchise to the ground. <laughs> was right then i he don't like, blame him he he paused it and was like what is happening and i was like what do you mean he's like that that man is is in love with her baby and i was like i don't know how to explain this to you because no one understands it <laughs> like, I, I, it, it, like uh, how how who came up with like why did Stephanie Meyer come up with this? Why did she think that this was okay? It's like, he tries to explain it, right? Like he tries, Jacob tries to give this like explanation as to like how imprinting works. And like, even though you imprint, you can imprint on somebody who's very young. Like one of the other wolves imprinted on like a toddler or somebody who's a child. And he goes, it's your, like when you imprint on, on a person, he's like, it may not equal like romantic love at the beginning is what he's describing. He's like saying that you would be somebody who's a friend, a mentor, a teacher, a companion, something like that. And it like grows into love. But like deep down inside, I'm like, that's so weird. I I don't know how to put into words how to like describe just like, no, no, like why? It's just that's that's why like me and the rest of the world just and probably you have like a complete issue with that it's just i i do and like, especially when they show okay okay the worst part is when they show them where the actress is like cgi'd to be an adult and then like her and mom and dad like skip away and like a little foursome couple thing at like on a double date and i'm like ew <laughs> Also, it would be super weird to be, like, if you imprinted on somebody, like, really young. Like, you literally were would be there watching that person grow up through all of their, like, weird things that happened to them. And, well, like, also, that also means that that person that you imprinted on has no future but you. Yeah, exactly. And that hardly seems fair. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, I just. I there's a lot of problems, a lot of problematic, lot of toxic BS going on with well, this yeah. like storyline. Because okay, he imprints on her, 
That doesn't mean that she imprints on him, right? Dude, I don't know how it works. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a very, it's a very toxic thing to set up and to, it, to make up, honestly. Also, like, if you think about it, like, the way Jacob describes it, and he goes, do you know how, like, you've been feeling very loving towards me all this time, and you didn't want to be anywhere but around me? And he goes, now those feelings are gone, right? He goes, it was Nessie. And then watching her lose her mind after she realizes that her friend nicknamed her daughter after the Loch Ness Monster, and then she beats the crap out of Jacob. Yes, I like that. (laughs) It was one of the greatest moments. Of watching Bella finally, like, stand up for herself. But, oh, like, yeah. her anger was just sort of also hilarious because of Kristen Stewart. Like, how she did the anger. You named my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? And then she just attacks him. And Edward's standing there with a smirk on his face. And I was like, yep, Team Edward always. Yes. <laughs> um, 100%. Like, I kind of, I prefer Bella as a vampire. 100%. Like... I was like, where's this franchise? <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the parts of Bella being a vampire. Like, yeah. when they went to the house, like, their honeymoon house, and they, like, spent all the time together, where they actually, like, got to... She got to experience, like, what it means to be intimate with a person without constantly worrying about, like, the other person or themselves kind of deal. So that was mm-hmm. really nice. Like, I liked when she touched him. Like, touched his arm, and he was like, oh, we're the same temperature now? And I was like, aw. Cute. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, And the end. Like, mm-hmm. my favorite summing up of this entire thing was the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. When she pushes the shield, or whatever. I love the way it was described in the book, because she's a shield vampire, right? Like, that's her power. Mm-hmm. Which is why Edward could never hear her thoughts. Um, And she learns to, like, push it away. And in the book... She, like, pushes it away and it sort of goes around Edward and lets him hear her, like, see her memories of him. Like, the way that she always saw him yeah. from the day that she met him until recently. And I love, like, the way he, she's, like, trying to show him and then he just kisses her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't do this when you're doing that. And he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, like, he goes back <laughs> to watching it like i really that was like one of my favorite moments that they shared like in the whole franchise was like that moment which just happened to be the very end of the film yeah no for sure um i actually do enjoy the whole like confrontation with them and their allies and the volturi 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 yeah volturi um i i do like the twist yeah it was really well done Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was kind of like, even after I had already read the book, I was watching the movie and I had forgotten about it. And when it they revealed it, I was like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> it was just so cool. I thought it was really well done. I remember sitting in the theater, like watching that and you just like, you can hear everybody, like even though we've read the books or whatever, and yeah. everybody's just like, oh my God. And you're like freaking out because like literally everybody died and it was just like, Oh, and I mean, it wasn't wasn't like you saw, like, a minute or two of people dying and then they, like, took it back. It was like, you watched, I mean, I don't know what the actual running time was, but it felt like 20 minutes and you're watching people die left and right and you're watching your favorite characters die left and right and, and then boom, nope, there, it was a twist. It was all, like, a vision and you're just like, oh. 
<laughs> like, like you're in it so long. Yeah. That you don't, you're like, oh my God, none of that happened. And what, like, you know, part of you is like super relieved. And then part of you is like, oh my God. I don't know. I, I thought in terms of like, like I've seen cop outs where they like reverse things. Um, and you're kind of like, oh wow, that was very clearly done because you don't want to actually follow through on the death yeah. and upset the fans. But I thought this was like actually done well. I mean, not everyone is Rob Thomas with Veronica it's- Mars. <laughs> well, that that and uh, Star Wars, like the whole like. Oh, I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Well, no, well, well, no, but like. Oh, in the rise of in the rise of skywalker yeah yeah it just it was like left and right like hey we're gonna have a dramatic plot point oh no just kidding take it back yeah yeah so i i I typically don't like that but i think this movie did it pretty well so any final thoughts on the franchise just kidding you have questions here written for overall thoughts of the franchise which of the four movies is your favorite uh, three is my favorite. Same. And it's, I keep putting four movies. It's five. Five movies. Oh, it's okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's five. Yeah. Um, Eclipse. imagine we just don't count the second part. <laughs> I mean, low key. <laughs> okay. Which is your least favorite then? One. Okay. I would say actually the same. Okay. Yeah. Um, with Breaking Dawn part one being like a very close second of being my least favorite it's like a one and a half yeah because like that wedding was was good enough to save that movie for me is there a storyline or plot point in all the five movies that you liked the most and one you hated the most well obviously hated is going to be the pregnancy storyline yes yes (laughs) agreed um liked the most probably it's gonna be a charlie Charlie's 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 storyline. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He ends up with a girl at the end. Come on. He does, and it's a great it's a great nice relationship. I agree. Right. Um hated definitely the pregnancy, but mostly just like the imprinting thing. Yeah. Um I would say I really really enjoyed Bella being a vampire, finally kind of like getting some backbone and like sticking yeah. up for herself and developing as a character. Part of that is, you know, she gets older and, you know, you develop as you get older. That's just how it is. I will say that I really, really liked um Jacob, not Jacob, Jasper. Jasper's uh yeah. uh storyline through Eclipse was like one of my favorites. Like, it was the yes. most screen time that he got to have was through the third one. And I really, really liked watching, like, like Jackson Rathbone develop into a better actor. But also, like, I really enjoyed getting, like, watching him uh, teach them how to deal with, like, the newborns. And, like, getting his yeah. backstory was really cool. So, like, shout out to Jackson Rathbone for acting the crap out of that. <laughs> Definitely. I would agree. That was a very good storyline. Um well, like, I, I like the whole, like, training and yeah. whatnot. Surprisingly, I really, like I said, really enjoyed watching Anna Kendrick through this. All Like, it just, some of it was, like, so cringe. And some of it was just, like, so cringe it was funny. It was so good, yeah. It was, it was just so funny. It was funny to watch it, like, it was also good to watch it as an adult 
adult, you know, versus like a, you know, a teen girl. And mm-hmm. it was just, I don't know. It was cool. Um, overall, who's your favorite character? I think we've already kind of maybe touched on this, but. So I really like Charlie a lot. I also really yeah. like Alice. Yeah. I really, really like Alice a lot and Charlie. And I like um, Jessica, right? Because she's like this comedy <laughs> relief, too. Yes. And Seth, Seth, one of the werewolves, he's super adorable and like mm-hmm. really great. Um, like legitimately, not a lot of the lead characters do I like that much. <laughs> I, I 100% agree. Um, and then Carlisle's wife, Esme, is it Esme? Is that how Esme. you pronounce it? Yeah. Um, yeah, the only reason why I know that is because of written Esme. Um, I like her. I think mm-hmm. she's really good. She didn't get a ton of background in the movies, um, but I really like that actress, and I thought she did a good job of just kind of being, like, strong and nice and just, like, kind of like Charlie. It's like, it's, like, Charlie would have had a bit more storyline than Esme, but, um... I just liked them for just being like the least problematic people in this movie. For real. It's, it shows you how much older you are when you start like your favorite character goes from being like, oh, I loved Bella and Edward to yeah. the parents. The parent. 100%. I, I find that more and more as I yeah. get older. I'm like, oh my God, but those parents are right. Like, and I'm like, oh God, who have I become? Yeah, straight up. How did you feel rewatching the entire saga again? Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Now I don't need to watch it for like another decade. I feel like I'm <laughs> yes. good. I'm solid on it, but I didn't hate it. Like yeah. I I enjoyed it. It was super funny because like my sisters and I were just like comment after comment talking trash being like, "Oh my god, they're so cute." And then just being like, "Uh, Jacob, why?" <laughs> Um, but it was really funny because like all three of us have seen all these movies. We've read all the books, like we've been there and we have opinions. And so we're just like cracking jokes and saying stuff like through the whole rewatch. So it was really enjoyable to like share the time with like my sisters, but also to just like, I haven't rewatched the last two movies. Like, I don't think I've actually seen Breaking Dawn part two more than maybe like one or two times. So, like, I didn't remember half of what happened in that. So, like, when stuff would happen, I'm like, dang, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yikes. Yeah. I would agree. Um, Obviously, I've read all the books, but that was, like, a good ten years ago. So, like, watching the movies for the first time was kind of fun. Because, like you said, you're watching it kind of being surprised along the way. Um. But it was also just fun for me to watch Eamon watch it all for the first time, as well as, like, we were both cracking jokes, making comments, like, oh my god, like, you know, just how ridiculous is that? Or, like, oh, okay, that's not so bad, or, you know, it, it's it's definitely, like, even if you don't like these movies, I think there's enough there that it's entertaining even if you're just making fun of it the whole time, like even if you're just hate watching it, I think it's like a good time. And like, and will you watch them again? Probably not. But <laughs> I mean, maybe if I'm really bored, like a long time from now, but I will say that nothing was better than just ripping apart the terrible CGI on Renesmee. <sighs> okay. Like, that was Ew. pure enjoyment. Why 
did they do that? <laughs> it was bad. We don't have time to really discuss it. If no. you want to, it's really bad. I also watched this video where it's like these special effects guys like went in and ripped apart like bad special effects and CGI. <sighs> and one of the ones they ripped apart was the baby in Breaking Dawn. And it was so funny. They're like, oh, what the? Oh, my God. And it would just like look at them and they're like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot to this for sure. We hope you enjoyed us diving deep into this franchise and maybe tearing it a bit of apart and hopefully you weren't too offended or hopefully you agreed with us and got some enjoyment out of this i don't know is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up nope i'm good sweet well that's gonna wrap up this week's episode of tea time the show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website teatimewithkc.com Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram by using the handle at Tea Time with KC or at Facebook at facebook.com slash Tea Time with KC. If you want to chat with us in real time, you can join our Slack workspace or our Discord server. Invite links are in the show notes and you can email us at tea with KC at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and basically every other podcast app out there. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the geek to geek Media Network by visiting geek to geekmediacom The Twitch stream subscription links for Capsule J and Troidal Power will be included in our show notes. And until next time, bye! bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.